Hey, everybody. Welcome to Flares on Films. This week, we're talking about the film Field of Dreams. Hit the music into the outfield. <laughs> wow, nice. Like, like football. Hey. Hey, everybody. I'm Michael Flaherty. And I'm Colleen Flaherty. Michael, what are we talking about this week on our podcast, Flaherty's on Films? This week, we're talking about our favorite movie, Field of Dreams, starring Kevin Costner and some other people. James Earl Jones. Yeah. I know. He's an actor. Burt Lancaster, who is a very famous, people say. Yeah, James Earl Jones, more famous, probably. Uh, for a description of this film, we're going to go to our correspondent, david padbury who is going to give us a description of the film so we all are on the same page we know what this film is and maybe some general impressions that he had whatever you want to say david go ahead sure um so this is my my first time seeing field of dreams um obviously i i know it from like a cultural zeticist of like what the film is roughly about there is dead baseball players um as ghosts not just being dead um they just corpses. something yeah. <laughs> <laughs> zombie baseball player um and you know they build it they will come so i think based on like that knowledge and the trailers i was a hundred percent sure the way this film was going to go was going to be like a sixth sense like close encounter to the third kind where like kevin costner's like oh i need to build a baseball field and it's like oh, i'm gonna start building a baseball field and it's like nah like his wife's like you're nuts. You can't do this. We're going bankrupt. And then from the trailer, I got like the kids pretty into it. So like, she's maybe supportive of him. Mm-hmm. The whole bunch of tension, you know, it ends up that maybe there are actually ghost baseballers and like, that would be the, the, the plot of the film, um, which made sense. Seems reasonable, whatever. Um, so I was kind of surprised watching it, that literally the, the building a baseball field and the ghost baseball, it's like all happens in the first like four minutes. <laughs> pretty much um <laughs> and the wife just calls it she's like yeah ghost baseballers wonderful like building a baseball field love it um so they're like there's absolutely zero tension about there being ghost baseball players out or kevin costner just building a baseball field. and then what happens for the next like, 90 minutes I've, I've honestly got no idea and i watched it <laughs> um like so, it, so ghost baseball is like done and over first five minutes and then we launch into like the uh, like Nazi book burning thing. Like this was not what I was expecting. Um, so it goes on about that for a while. Then he goes on a bit of a road trip, finds an author, um, come back, debate about how mortgages work, and um, <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> so, what's your final sentence on the movie? What's your final statement? Uh, I think I think I loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite scene by far was the financial planning one um, when his wife's doing the books, um, and she was like, "Oh, no, no, what we're we gonna do? Like, you know, we spent like five hundred dollars on tractor gas and four hundred dollars on corn and three hundred dollars for the kid to be in daycare, twenty seven thousand dollars on a baseball field, <laughs> and like six hundred dollars on like tractor repair." 
and like it's just like so casual it's like oh but it's all right we balanced the book <laughs> like we just gotta <laughs> eat less avocado <laughs> toast and then this will work out <laughs> I don't, yeah it's uh i think a very supportive family dynamic like, <laughs> like does anyone actually question kevin costa through the entire film apart from like the brother of the brother like no like, and they don't even mention like this ghost baseballers and like no one says that's weird <laughs> It is weirdly normal to them. Yeah, like they're just all completely fine with it. Like, well, it's not like, hey, like, should we tell someone there's ghost baseballers? And like, nah, they're fine. Nah, it's cool. <laughs> they, don't really, they don't really seem surprised, really. They're like, oh yeah, they're here. Yeah, now. like, they're just completely unremarkable. <laughs> well, they... Even like, um, so there's like that, that old ghost, and like, he goes back in time. <laughs> like, and it, he's not phased by that in any way. He's completely chill. <laughs> it's like, oh, I've come back twenty years in time, whatever. Um, and yeah, and then like they're driving back, and they pick up a kid, and then it's like, oh, it's the same like kid who's now you know the dead guy, and you know, yeah, that. it's almost like I, they again, think he's a real guy, but then he's a ghost. But that doesn't phase them either. It's like, oh, that yeah, one. They just a ghost. like give each other this kind of glance of like ghost. <laughs> David, that was an excellent recap. I feel like we all know the film. Thank you so much for being on. Players yes, and thank you for joining uh, us, David. Really insightful. Um, yeah. Cheers, guys. Right. Bye. Cheers. Anytime you want me to do that again, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> all right. That was a great segment. Here's another great was... segment. Oh, do we want to say our impressions? I mean, that was a long one, so maybe not. It was pretty long. So, I, gotta, it was, so I have the same exact impressions as he does. To tell it, just to tell us. I did not like the I'm, bookkeeping as much as David did, probably. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to go to sleep last night, and then David's just like, "What was that movie?" And he just had to keep talking about it. And when he said that thing, he's like, "I just wanted to watch The Sixth Sense with baseball," and then, and I just, <laughs> it just did not end. Here's what I want to listen to: our next segment that we call Bam Time. Uh, go ahead. Time for Sam, the part of the show where Sam. That's a no hitter? No. I don't know baseball. Anyway, take it away, Sam, while you tell us some cool facts. Wait, that's no, a no you hitter? No hitter. You, you throw you a no hitter. You throw a no hitter with the pitching. Honestly, I've never wanted to watch this film except for after that description. <laughs> um, so in 1982, Shoeless Joe came out by Canadian author. W.P. Kinsella. And immediately after reading it, Phil Robinson was like, this is the best book ever. And he brought it to some producers who were like, this is the best story ever. And so they brought it to the studio and decided to make it into a film. So this is like Hollywood just getting run by a lot of bland dudes, right? (laughs) Bland dudes with daddy issues. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's there's less... There's more bland ideas than ghost baseballers, I think. True. True. I think the heart of the film is like normcore dad stuff. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it is a very weird film also. That's a good point. <laughs> so, um, interestingly, in the uh, book, uh, Shoeless Joe, the author that they go grab is the real-life J.D. Salinger. Who wrote the book? And 
So no. J.D. Oh, Selinger is... It, Catcher in the Rye is oh. J.D. Selinger. He's the author who wrote Catcher in the Rye. Gotcha. And he is very notorious for um, being a complete isolated hermit. Like, so, like, he wrote A Catcher in the Rye and then basically is like, I fuck you all, I'm never going to write again. I'm done with the world. Don't ever use my name in anything. I will sue you if my name comes out of your mouth in a lecture. Like... Whoa. There's literally stories of like p- fans who are obsessed with this book, like going to his house to see him and him being like, fuck off, get away from my house. It's like a Bill Watterson situation. Like, where is he? <laughs> Similar, but he seems like he's probably, he's probably really probably, nice. Yeah. Probably a really nice guy. So, when writing the book Shoeless Joe, he worked really hard to make Salinger like really nice because he's like, I just don't want him to sue me, but I want him to be a character. So. <laughs> Uh, when they announced that they were going to make it into a movie, well, shockingly, uh, the studio received notice that they were going to be sued if they used Salinger's name. So they had to rewrite the character and they created Terrence Mann. And immediately when writing Terrence Mann, they came up with James Earl Jones. That's who they wanted. So that role is written for him. Sure. Why not? Which is so weird. But we'll talk about that later. So to make the film, the studio obviously needed a baseball diamond, so they actually went to Drysville, Iowa, and they constructed over the 4th of July weekend um, a baseball diamond with the direction of the Los Angeles Dodgers groundskeeper. Uh, The biggest issue with filming was that, you know, plants are a vital part of this, Mm -hmm. and plants are pretty unpredictable. And it was, of course, a drought that year. So they actually got permission from the state of Iowa to dam up a creek so that the corn could get enough water. And ironically, like they had to have it tall enough so that Costner could walk into it and it would be over his head. He's 6'1". So that's that's pretty high corn. They watered it so well and it actually grew too tall. And so when he walks into it, he actually has to be on a platform. So it's like the right height. Can I make a statement about a previous fact? It's it's very cool that they made an actual field. I didn't even realize that this was a real place in Iowa that the movie takes place. <laughs> it's funny when they make Marvel movies now, if they need to go to a field, they're like, oh, let's just CGI a field. <laughs> but it's like the, this movie actually built a whole baseball field for them. It's crazy. So I knew this because I used to work with a guy who like loved this movie and he like freaked out when now the now Major League Baseball does a game there once a year so he's like and he like wanted to get tickets but it's like a a jillion dollars and i think you can stay there even like at the house from the movie anyway they must have had to build on a lot of extension for more seating right yeah i mean in the pictures it just still has that one rickety little wooden bench but i assume there is more adequate seating they want to make it look movie accurate at the end, when like the cars come, I'm like, where the fuck are they going to park? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's all I can think of. So the funny you should mention that. Um, so 3,000 Iowa residents agreed to help in that scene. They actually did a forced blackout in the town. So all of the trains and buildings went dark. They had the instructions over the radio. And then the drivers 
all started this long train and they actually were told to flash their high beams off and on so that it looked like there was more movement than there actually was. This is a really inconvenient movie for Iowa. <laughs> Can we please take your water and also all your lights? I mean, I, I mean, think Iowa's pretty stoked because they're like, someone's visiting us. Yeah, where, where do you think they're getting their tourism dollars from other than this? <laughs> right, yeah, it's very true. So they made the movie and they brought it to the audience and the film was originally called Shoeless Joe after the book. And the audiences hated it because they thought that Shoeless Joe sounded kind of like a hobo movie is how they described it. Oh, so that sounds cute. They I was is that offensive to say that's cute? I don't and know. Then I thought, Michael, that was this, I was going to say that sounds cute. And then I'm like, that's really offensive probably. Uh, I mean, it's a systemic problem we should really address. Hobos are trains though, right? <laughs> yeah, so it's cute. <laughs> yeah, they're usually hiding a little gold. Anyway, go ahead, Sam. <laughs> um, so well, they decided right. to change it to Field of Dreams, and they went to the author, and they were like, "Hey, is it cool if we change the name to Field of Dreams?" He had actually gotten the name Shoeless Joe from his publishers. They decided that name. The original name of his book was The Dream Field. So, wow, he was not upset at all. Uh, another fun fact of the film, the voice that says the infamous line is, un- um, well, it's credited as the voice. Uh, oh. No one actually knows who says it. <gasps> oh, fine. oh, I thought it was there Ray Liotta. Been, there has been rumors that it was Ray Liotta, who he said it wasn't. Um, there are also rumors that it's Ed Harris, who is the husband of um, Ray's wife, Annie, the actress, Amy madigan sure um but no one knows so it's actually just credited as himself that's in the fun credits. that's fun nice a lot of mystique so field of dreams would open in the u.s on april 21st 1989 it would just be in a few fil- uh theaters originally but then continuously grow and it started in the theaters in april it would stay in the theaters until december it just became this huge hit it would gross uh, $84.4 million. Nice. Okay. Uh, it was nominated for three Academy Awards. It would not win any. Uh, but Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and Best Original Score. Uh, it has the infamous line, If you build it, he will come. It's number 39 on the American uh, Film Institute's... Wait, if you build it, quote. they will come or he will come? It's he will come. That's actually a common misconception. The quote is actually, if you build it, he will come. Okay. But everyone quotes it as, if you build it, they will come. Because a lot of people came. But it's, they're talking about his daddy. Oh. The whole film's about daddy issues, I'm guessing. I haven't seen it. I watched the ending twice because I was like, what the fuck just happened? We can talk about that later, yeah. We can, yes. Sorry. Um, So once filming was completed... The family that owned the farm decided to keep the field. They added a little hut on the side, and they sold really inexpensive souvenirs and just kept it as a place that fans could come for free and play baseball or walk into the cornfield, whatever you want to do. However, in August 12th of 2021, so only one time have they done this, uh, the White Sox and the Yankees came and actually played a game at the field. Wow. In the pre-show or pre-game show, Kevin Costner came out of the cornfield 
with all the players and the managers of the teams. Was he alive? And he is. And in an old-fashioned microphone said, is this heaven? Yes, it is. Wow. All right. Good uh, the Sox beat the Yankees. But coming up in August 11th, which is just a couple of days, two days away from now, uh, the Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs are actually playing the second game there. Nice. Very cool. Uh, also in August of 2021, it was announced that they were going to remake the film into a TV show for Peacock, what? and it fell through, but there's talks about circulating it in other places. You may ask why I'm bringing this up. I will tell you why. The person who's pursuing it is Michael Shore. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm intrigued. Oh, okay. Only reason I'm intrigued. Yeah. Same. Same. When I read that, I was like, I was like, gross. A TV show on Field of Dreams. Oh, my sure. <laughs> <laughs> and your fact today is a baseball fact. How long was the longest Major League Baseball game? Uh, f- 10 hours. 12 hours. Eight hours and six minutes. That's too long. All... <laughs> I mean, one How hour long was too the long. shortest? Uh, 45 minutes. Uh, it can't that seems impossible. It was raining. <laughs> uh, an 51 hour. minutes. Oh, oh, I was close. You were closer. All right, Sam. Great segment. That was awesome. Great. I learned so much. Uh, I have a fact. Go ahead. And it's pretty boring. Go. But please tell the, me. So the whole, so the Shoeless Joe Jackson is a weird thing. There are a lot of great podcasts about the Black Sox scandal, which is very interesting. So like in the 80s, and this book was like kind of part of a rehabilitation of Shoeless Joe Jackson, how he shouldn't have been thrown out of baseball and he was hosed. But a lot of people are like, no, because he definitely did take a bribe to do bad things. So he probably should have been kicked out. Definitely. So there's a lot of controversy about how, like, in this film, they're like, he didn't do anything wrong, and it sucks that he was, so, that's... Um, is he a real guy? He's a real guy, okay. <laughs> and which is very... I, I also know... God, why do I know so much about this movie? That uh, people hated Ray Liotta's performance because Shoeless Joe Jackson was from South Carolina, and, uh, appar- and Ray Liotta just did his, like, New York boy thing. And did... He also... Uh... Shoeless Joe pitched right-handed, but batted left-handed. And Ray Liotta is right-handed. So they paid this really big-time shot uh, coach to teach him how to bat left-handed, and he never could. So he bats right-handed in the film. But the bat you see and Kevin Costner's reaction is all real. That was really Ray Liotta hitting it and Kevin Costner's reaction to that hit. And was the real Shoeless Joe poor and on a train? Like hobo. Hobo, yeah. I'm guessing not. Okay, great segment. Uh, that was a very interesting fact. So now our next segment is called The Critics Corner. And we're going to hear what the critics have to say about this film. All right. Let's see. I will start. Instant baseball classic for a whole family, says Neil Minow of Common Sense Media. For a whole family. Whole That's family love Field of Dreams. Instant classic for a whole family. Uh, yeah, I mean, how can you deny it? Uh, here's the next one. This is from Rose E. Noland, and this is an Amazon review. Forgot how stupid this is. Sad to think this is someone's idea of what heaven would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. 
Uh, this is from Richard Corliss of Time Magazine. Despite a lovely cameo turn by Burt Lancaster, Field of Dreams is the male weepy at its wussiest. Wait, that's a real review? That's not an Amazon a review? A real review. <laughs> what the hell? That's really interesting. Okay. Uh, okay, this is by K. Rowe in an Amazon review. It's probably going to sound exactly the same. I don't like the not-so-subtle left-wing propaganda in this film. Interesting start. Uh, Peaconic. What? What's that word? Peacenicks. Oh, Peacenicks, hippies, revolutionaries are portrayed in this film in a quite favorable and nostalgic light. The message of this film seems to be to live one's dreams and not consider the consequences. That's pie in the sky as far as I'm concerned. Hell like it is, Rowan. And that's pretty lefty, left-leaning people. Like, we're always dreaming and not... Not thinking of the consequences. Not, not thinking it through. Uh, this is from David Kerr of the Chicago Tribune. The sentimentality of which there's plenty is nicely balanced by a humor of ironic pragmatism, as when Ray, having built his baseball field as a monument to human dreams, decides to charge tourists $20 a head to visit it. You know who really didn't think through their consequences? Who? Hillary, with her emails. Here's our <laughs> next review by <laughs> Dusty Sex. <laughs> That's the best name ever. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's, here's Dusty. Dusty Sex review. The one and only Dusty. Here we go. Oh, come on. A guy who builds a ballpark in a cornfield because voices told him to should be locked up, not celebrated, especially if you build it for ghosts to play on. <laughs> That's what happens in the film, but it's so funny to hear it said. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid and then at the end where everybody's coming from miles around to watch a game they can't even see oh yeah I didn't think about that that makes no sense at all and i don't like movies that make christians look like jerks hmm. <laughs> why couldn't kevin costner just make bull durham too don't know what that is that would have another baseball movie that kevin costner did really okay yeah. that would have been much better bull durham was a good movie <laughs> <laughs> I just love that stream of consciousness. Yeah, it was a good movie. Both are on. <laughs> good damn, Dusty Sex. What a great, great oh, review. God. Good job, Dusty. Excellent, excellent. Uh, all right, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about this film, please. What are your What's the discussion points? Here's what I want to talk about first. All right. You know what I like about this movie? What do you, what do you like? About it, it is a sick hour forty minutes. It yes. does not waste time. Yes, it gets into it. The ending comes so quickly. So fast. Like in a, did, did he just walk to his death into heaven? Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, very short. And I, well, when it ended, I go, oh, that was the end. Which is always like, at least it's not more. Yeah. I also want to talk. What did you think? Of Kevin Costner's performance. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I don't really know what <laughs> Kevin Costner is famous for. Like, I know he's, like, a really famous actor, and he's, like, in a lot of things. But he just <laughs> seems like such a guy. Like, just like a normal guy they found on the street to be in the <laughs> he's movie. He's such a guy! <laughs> he's just, like, a dude. And he's, like, there. Everyone's else like, an actor and, like, portraying a performance. But he's just kind of, like, reacting like he didn't really have the script beforehand. They're, like, that scene's so... I mean, when he's with James Earl Jones, it's... <laughs> it's kind of charming because he's just not very good at acting <laughs> it's like when um hugh uh hugh jackman is singing with 
Russell that Crow. guy, Russell Crowe. Yeah. It's like one of you has showed up today to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Why don't you guys do this duet? <laughs> but, I mean, maybe I'm being harsh because, like, the character is so weird. I don't know, like, maybe there's not a good way to do it. Yeah, but he is a little too nonplussed. <laughs> He's it's a like, little oh, too, like... The ghosts are here. <laughs> like, not... I mean, to David's point earlier, like, everybody's a little too like, huh, ghosts, neat. But he's the most ghosts, huh, Right. <laughs> Usually in an actor, you, like, look in their face, you're like, oh, I see what's really going on beneath the surface. The wife, it's not a very multidimensional character to be like, okay, she's really happy for uh, Kevin Costner. You can, like, see the joy and it's her family and her father. Oh, it's so great. But Kevin Costner is just a blank slate of a guy. I do think there is a problem in this movie with tension. And I think some of that is Kevin Costner's problem. <laughs> some of it is the writing, but some of it is Kevin Costner. It's a like, little bit spread. Yeah. Like I, here's uh, so even though David's description of the film was perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. There is a moment in the film where he's, it's, it's actually like 10 minutes before the movie ends. And the brother-in-law is like, Hey, I own the deed to your farm. Sell it to me right now and I'll let you live here. Do it. Do it now. And I feel like that moment is like, is he going to give up his dream with the baseball team or is he going to sell and do the practical thing? And I think that moment is like, what's he going to do? Now, first of all, the mechanics of the what had happened in the film is like, no matter what, he's going to lose the farm. So I don't get why that was like a plot point anyway. Right. And then at the end, he just goes, no, no. <laughs> okay. And then his daughter almost dies. And he's like, and the wife is like, I'm going to call emergency. He's like, wait, wait a second. Well, let's, let's see how this plays out. Just, just don't be so eager. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Let's give this ghost a moment to realize he wanted to be a doctor all along, which is something we learned in the last scene with the same ghost. <laughs> this movie does not make any sense. <laughs> Uh, I just want to say, though, because I think I was texting you like 10 minutes in the movie. I'm like, uh, this is just a Reagan era dad thing of people just fucking loving baseball. But it does surprise me. It did really go off the rails. But it's not. I don't know if it's surprising in a good way. Like, usually you expect a movie to be a movie with a story, you know, but this, this movie is just kind of rambles. <laughs> and then at the end, yeah. there's just his dad. <laughs> Like, that's what's surprising about it. Uh, what a roundabout way to, like, solve your dad issues. <laughs> yeah. It seems really unnecessary. I was put off with, like, I don't know what this movie is or, like, what the ideology of the person who wrote this book is. But it's, like, it, they just love baseball so much that it feels like a fetish. Like, there's a one point where Radio it's like, looks at Kevin Collins like, do you ever smell the glove? <laughs> it's just, like, that's, like, a genuine moment in the movie. And I bet a lot of dudes were like, yeah, oh, I smelled that glove. I do smell the glove. I smell, oh, like leather, sweaty leather. Love it. <laughs> I bet they did. <laughs> well, I actually was thinking like, would this movie have been more fun if it was like an obsessive fan read on something I liked? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> right? Like, I like baseball fine. I actually really like going to baseball games. I think it's kind of a fun thing to do. Um, But... Yeah, yeah, what do you I like? Know. I like getting a hot dog. And this was the hot dog of dreams. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being in the stadium. I don't know. 
there's something fun about the atmosphere of being in a game. Like, I, I like how it's super boring, so you can just kind of chat the whole time. Right, nothing happens. Yeah. It's sort of like being but, at home. It's nice. Uh, I don't have hot dogs at home. You don't have hot dogs at home. That's the problem. Could That's get why you, hot dogs, though. Wait a second. <laughs> Shit. Cracked a hole um, in the whole business. All right, we got to talk about. I want to like bring it down. I want to just be an SJW who ruins everything. Jesus Christ! I thought James Earl Jones' character was so fucking weird. And, let me, and I'm not. Right. I, I googled this to make sure that I wasn't crazy. A lot of people have also pointed this out. So all right, I don't. Um, I don't know where this is going. Okay, here's where I'm going with it. So it makes sense in the book that it was J.D. Salinger, and to make it a black author who also i think is supposed to be a little like james baldwin sam am i right about that he was also uh, as another reclusive writer he also like kind of took his character cues from james baldwin uh not specifically that i read i heard that it was jd salander and then james earl jones kind of in mind but oh i okay anyway so at the one of the climaxes of the film, that's references like, oh, this is the moment. Is James Earl Jones gives this whole speech about what the field means, and like how you know America's been torn down and rebuilt, but we've always had baseball, and baseball reminds you of how America was great. Now, the weird choice of having a black man say this in front of baseball players who are all white because the leagues were segregated and black players were not allowed to play with them talking about how baseball's representation of America's past greatness is weird. It is a weird choice. Maybe, maybe a little former president slogan made that a little weirder in hindsight, but yeah. Well, that was Reagan's slogan too. So really, yeah, I think I knew that. Uh, not as much, but in his other slogan was like, "It's it's daylight in America again" or something. But, something uh, very, it's very dog whistly. Yeah, I just thought that was such a bizarre choice, and I'm like, "Is that just me? Am I crazy? I'm not crazy. A lot of people have said." <laughs> I mean, that's weird, but it's like I just feel like, and they could have done like an '80s '90s kind of inclusion, where like, and Jackie Robinson is here. You know, <laughs> it still would have been offensive, but like less so. It's like it's like you're peeking under the surface and you're like, oh, that's weird. But I feel like the surface is weird. I feel like just saying, base- <laughs> oh, baseball is like, no, it's just a sport. What are you talking about? Like, why are you so into baseball? It's so weird. I think it is so weird that they spent all of their savings on that baseball field. And the wife and the was wife just is like, ch- go for it. Are you driving? The wife it? was too chill. I got to say, she was too cool. I and mean- then there's... <laughs> So, yeah, there's this scene where she gets into a fight with somebody at the town hall and Kevin Costner's just not paying attention. Remember but watching she's that like, scene and you're like, oh, she should be the main character because she's yeah. so fun to watch. She's and she's like acting. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And she's like and this horror, like this mean Christian lady's like, this book is filthy. You know, ah, we're teaching this to our children. She's like, you're a fascist. <laughs> and uh, it was great. That was a fun scene. I enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed that. And, but then she doesn't get mad until that woman's like, oh, you're just upset because your husband's useless in bankrupting your farm. And I'm like, that's true. Yeah, that's actually a good point. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm next to David. Like, David's like, she's in Iowa. She's not going to do better than that hottie. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did think a lot of those extras did look Midwesterner. 
And I don't know what I mean by that, but I mean it very much. We would know. That's not an offensive thing to say. We're Midwesterners. Or I just felt like, okay, this seems like Iowa. Well, you could say, oh, like, so, that looks like our people. Yeah. So another tension is like, oh, no, he might lose the farm. And like, I don't feel like he cares about the farm at all. No, it sounds like, like he cares. Yeah. Sorry. And they make it clear that they were not really good at farming and that the farming <laughs> was basically going to die on its own. Yeah. At one point, he's like, I know more about farming than you think. And I'm like, do you give no. a shit at all? <laughs> hey, he no, up- you don't. <laughs> yeah. He grew up in New York, went to school in Berkeley, and then just bought a farm that he doesn't care about. And then and then you're like, Colleen, you're missing the point. He cared about losing the farm because the baseball field. But like, I don't even feel like he cared that much. It felt like just something to pass the time until it, that was it's over. It's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. Just no tension in this film, I think. I mean, we're going through all these points, but if we we just have to reiterate, the movie is so weird, just the main point of it, the ghosts, right? Like, like I didn't really know what this movie was at all. I just knew it was a movie called Field of Dreams that's really famous. That's you didn't all. know about the ghost baseball player? I had no idea. So when Shoeless Joe, in that initial scene where Kevin Costner walks out into the field and he sees Shoeless Joe... I'm like, it took me a second to realize who that was and that he was dead and that he was a ghost. But Kevin Costner, he knew right away. He was like, oh, the ghost is here. Oh, okay. Oh, and like, yeah. not, not for a second did he consider that it was just some guy. <laughs> right. He like, was like, oh, he's here now. Which I guess, whatever. Because in the logic of the film, everybody gets on board that quickly with the ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I just feel, okay. So let's say I'm like super prone to see someone and be like, oh, that's a ghost. I still think I'd be a little more ghost. Like, <laughs> still shaggy like it something. Out. <laughs> yeah. Like it's still not an everyday occurrence. Yeah, that's something, man. Also. Um, yeah, sorry. Here's another talking point, unless you have more on to say on that point. Um, yeah. So like just the famous thing, the thing everybody knows is the line. Uh, if they build it, he will come. That's It's just a kind of whispered to him. And then that's what makes him build the baseball field. But like, I don't know, Ed, as a uh, uh, a watcher, I was going to say user, as a watcher of this film, um, what am I supposed to take from that? Like, why is that a memorable line? What am I supposed to feel when I think about that? Am I supposed to think about God? Like God tells us yeah. to do stuff? Okay. Obviously, it's God. I think it's also like, I mean, it, it does sound biblical to me. And then, so here's what I think it is, right? So he's like a big fan of Shoeless Joe, which is the beginning. And then Shoeless Joe shows up and it's like, isn't this so cool? But it's not the end of it. And then all of this grand stuff was actually about finding your happiness closer to home and also about his dad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is, this movie is just like a really good example of like, people just should get therapy. Like, (laughs) like when you hear voices in your head that you cannot explain, go to a doctor. And if you have daddy issues so much so that you cannot, like, live your life, you you, should also go to a therapist. That your fantasy is that you will build a baseball field in your farm and have your dad ghost come and play catch with you. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. But I guess it's fine. I mean, like, what do I watch? People fighting on trains. Is that therapy? Do I need therapy for that? You're great. I'm great. I was actually, I recently watched Jurassic World Dominion. And I was like, I think that movie was more for me. Like, that was also not a good movie. But like, that was for me. 
I guess to see a lot of dinosaur fights. T-Rex is fighting each other. Jeff Goldblum being glib. Like there was a lot of fun that's, I had. That's all for me. stuff. You know, I don't really give a shit about how a leather glove smells. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Sorry. But, but, you know, you see a velociraptor like leap through the air. What's your grade? Fight. What's your grade on Jurassic World Dominion? Um, I mean, a surprising C. C, a surprising C. You expected worse? Because there were a lot of... Ele- well, no, it, I thought I was going to give it an F, but I actually enjoyed a lot of the movie, even though it is definitely not a good movie, and I really do not dumb. recommend it. Who cares? That sounds fun. It's also way too long. It's like way too much filler. Gotcha. gotcha There's gotcha. a scene of an underground dinosaur trade. It's, <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Sounds awesome. Sounds <laughs> it was pretty good. There's some pretty good moments in it. I won't lie. And like they, they did this thing where they like did not give a shit about the new characters. So they were just in action scenes. And then we got to spend time with like our classic trio. Got some Laura Dern. Hell yeah. She's great. Anyway, what are we talking about? Um, Kevin Costner. Is he hot? Let's talk about it. uh, Yeah, a little bit. But like, I mean, like I get why he would be on camera. Like he's that good looking, but he's just not a good actor. He is good looking in an everyman. Like everything about him is everyman in a way. I get why he was famous despite not being a very good actor. Totally. He could like, be Tim the Toolman. He could be. T- <laughs> I mean, love him or hate him. That guy can act. I Tim mean, Allen? He's yeah. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> I would have rather seen Tim Allen in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That's when he, that's when he sees Ooh. the ghost. <laughs> that's, he would say that when he saw the ghost. He <laughs> say that. There's a scene at the end where he's like mad that he doesn't get to go into the corn, which I assume is dying. Right. Sorry. That's the heaven, end yeah. of the film. I had to watch this twice because I was like, what the fuck just happened? The baseball is like, come with us. And James Earl Jones just slowly goes into the corn and disappears. Because he's like, dead. Is the implication. So he just walked into heaven. Yeah, probably. Something so like weird. And then Kevin Costner's like, hey, ghost. And I was like, that's the best. That's I like that. That's good. uh i also thought the brother who is i think the only kind of bad guy in the movie i just thought he was so dynamic he was so (laughs) every scene i was like you got us you gotta (laughs) sell the farm (laughs) i just liked it that's great uh um wait one more thing okay one more thing what do you think what is the ethos of this film like what are the morals what are they trying to say um middle america america's good that's one of them yeah i feel like it's interesting that one of our reviews was like oh it was too nice to hippies and in a couple scenes they're like yeah remember the 60s but it felt like in a not in a revolutionary way just in a fun nostalgia 60s party kind of way right (laughs) like that was neat that that happened but it also it seemed like kind of bad like that's kind of how he fell out with his father a little bit and because his father is too old and not spontaneous enough. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this He's movie definitely, me. I can see how it resonates with certain audiences, but not for me. Not us. Not us. You have, we all have daddy issues. Aren't you like, if only I had a catch with my dad, then if I wouldn't have to get therapy. If only I had a catch. I ask him all the time. He says, no, too busy. He's like, smell the leather. Oh, God. I <laughs> smell the leather, dad. <laughs> Uh, here's our next segment. <laughs> it's called Bro Call, where uh, Brother John will join us and he will t- tell us his opinions about this film. John, are you there? Hi, everyone. Hello. 
Uh, what are your thoughts on the film Field of Dreams? Have you seen it? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm a sentimental guy. Yeah. Yes, Colleen. Do you like baseball? You know me, I'm a sentimental guy who loves baseball, loves tradition, loves buying into a movie that really hasn't fully explored uh, what it's trying to sell. So, yeah, I uh, don't like this movie very much. (laughs) Why not? Why not? So, yeah, before I get into it, let's say this. This movie is clearly like some people out there are going to find this movie amazing. Sure. Like this is everything they want in a movie and they want nothing more from Hollywood ever. Literally just make me feel the dreams movies forever. So I can see how this movie has got a hardcore audience that just loves it. Uh, I believe clean. You called them Reagan conservatives. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. There is something about this. Like this field is like his, it's a personification of his dreams and thinking big, but then the, the climax of the movie is monetizing that, which also feels very Reagan era. <laughs> yeah, that that is hilarious. Like that's that's the main plot of the movie is how like he went out and did this totally stupid thing and then he capitalizes it at the end. Okay, but he, no marketing, no he marketing. Cap- he capitalized at the end because his daughter had a dream that that would happen at the climax of the movie. When he's like, no, I'm not selling. He has no plan. He has no idea what he's going <laughs> to do. He, not. He's going to lose the farm. He does not have any money. Let's be clear. He, he deserves to lose that farm. For sure. kind of does. For sure. Yeah. He deserves to lose his marriage, lose his farm. <laughs> A dead daughter, for one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, clearly, if I were in this movie, I would be the Danny character. Oh, absolutely. Because I'd be screaming, what are you doing? Yeah. He is also a ginger with a beard. Let's yeah. <laughs> not overlook. <laughs> You're ginger yeah. and reasonable. Just, so that's me watching this movie, just me screaming at Kevin Costner the whole way through. By the airhead. way, uh, for listeners at home who haven't seen this movie, we've talked about the climax where like, he's like, the brother's like, well, I'm going to buy you out anyway. You have to sell the farm. And Kevin's like, no. And you're like, okay, what's the resolution? The resolution is two seconds later, the brother sees the ghost. He's like, Oh, you can't sell this, and then it's fine, and don't worry about it. And then the it's, the, it's wrapped movie. up so quickly. Yeah, this movie is so stupid. Oh my god! Uh, part of the another reason I hate this movie, uh, hate is strong. I just genuinely dislike it deeply. Um, I hate no, I genuinely dislike Kevin Costner. I think he's one of the worst actors that has ever been in movies. Yeah. Uh, what are other movies that people – I saw him in that Robin Hood movie. That Robin movie? Hood. He like – he just torpedoes that movie. What's the movie on Prohibition? I don't know. Is Dancing with he, Wolves Cousin Costner? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's like he – I think he wrote and directed that. Uh, My mother-in-law yeah. loves that movie. That's probably his best movie of his. Maybe I, I like Waterworld. Uh, okay, I, I like Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, not because it's good. No, no. Kevin Kevin Costner being bad in that is actually kind of a benefit. Uh, but he definitely plays Elliot Ness in a movie, and the movie is amazing, except for him. He just ruins the freaking movie. Ah, oh, God, it's gonna bother me. Sam is gonna look it up. I already see her doing it. Oh. The uh, he's in the Bodyguard. Oh, I like the Bodyguard. <laughs> uh, Dances with the Wolf, the Postman. No, no. You guys should you should watch a trailer for the postman. Hilarious. Not Highwayman. He's been in too many movies. Too Too much of a career. Too much of a career. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know who also is the worst? Uh why are we venerating Shoeless Joe Jackson? 
<laughs> yeah, I, this was brought up earlier. Well, I didn't even know he that, was a real guy until a second ago. <laughs> it, why, why does this movie spend so much effort trying to venerate the guy who gambled on the World Series while they were playing in it? Uh, so, John, I read that there was like a weird big push to like rehabilitate Shoeless Joe Jackson's uh, reputation around the early 80s when the book came out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but even in this movie, Kevin Gossner admits Shoeless Joe took the money. But he wasn't as bad as the other guys, probably. Right, but he fucking did it in the fucking World Series, so fuck that guy. Yeah. I I don't care. Do what you want. Uh, Yeah, right. So this is what I'm going to end you on, because this was my genuine favorite part of this movie, is like the opening bit when he's like plowing the field to make the, the corn, how all of his neighbors have just made like pulled up and watch him like with binoculars. No Xbox. What are you going to do? Yeah. How is that? He's literally plowing corn and you're pulling up and creating a picnic watching experience. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I was that trying to think. It's like they know they're in a montage. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying I, to think what is an equivalent fan thing that you guys would like that you would like an equivalent movie about that would make you like it more. So Say that again. Replace baseball with uh-huh. something you like. Mario now, Kart. I, Mario Kart of Dreams. It's so funny you said Mark. That was one of my first thoughts. And then I'm like, how would that work? Who are the ghosts? <laughs> Wait, I, so just, like he's made, Mario. making a Mario Kart course <laughs> in real life? Is it just a go-kart track, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> Mario's there, Luigi. <laughs> they said you gambled on the banana cup <laughs> but i know you're right mario <laughs> you fucking, i think i would you fucking i would the build best like time on rainbow st- road i build a big stage and then broadway stars of the past oh. but most of them wouldn't be dead but that's fine <laughs> i like sam's <Yeah>. reaction <laughs> so ultimately i mean the movie's tight it it does what it came out to do so i have to appreciate those things it is this movie Deeply not for me. So I'm going to give it a C. I like it. It feels like it wraps all of its contents in a neat package. The movie's just short. It doesn't really have a lot in it. (laughs) It's short and it's kind of, it doesn't even try to explain itself. So yeah, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say tight. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You said C. Yes. C. C. All right. Thanks so much. See you later. See you. Ha ha. We did forget. There is actually an important plot point uh, to John and Michael's point that this movie doesn't really make a lot of sense where James Earl Jones and him have to go to Minnesota to find this one player who played one game and then he had to give up and I already forget why. So they meet him as a doctor, but he's also dead as an older man doctor. And he's like, I don't have any regrets. I am okay with my life. I was a doctor. I saved people. But then we had to learn that lesson again in a scene later. It was very weird. I don't get what the point of that was other than like, you know, baseball is and everything, and you find your happiness. I feel like the movie very much thinks baseball is everything. So. Right. I don't know. It kind of felt like the whole movie kind of feels like filler. So it's like, it's just like <laughs> kind of just more content because like they need to fill out the runtime. Is genuinely Again, what it feels like to me. To David's earlier point, I kind of thought the whole movie would be about building the baseball stadium and it being about that. Yeah, he nah. built it really quick with the lights and everything. He rented a fucking crane to put up those lights. <laughs> 
I see. I bet when the wife was like, sure, build a baseball stadium. I bet she didn't think like she was going to spend $10,000 putting up stadium grade lights. Yeah. She was thinking, like our family doing the mini golf. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, sure. Sure. Mow the lawn and put up some bases. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Oh, oh, you took out all of our crop. Okay, cool. Cool. Oh, you spent all oh, of our savings. I have to Wait. go with our daughter far away now. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Jeez, so what? You know what? This movie's not that bad because I was not (laughs) bored, and I didn't hate it because it's just so. You can't hate it because it's just so weird and pointless and silly, (laughs) very silly, very very silly. Yeah, I think I will also give it a C. Yeah, I mean, like you want to reserve your D's and your F's when you're like mad or like, oh, I really have a problem. I don't really have a problem with this film. It's just like it passed the time, and it was just what. It is weird that this movie is like such a place in our pop culture. Like it's a big fucking deal. Like it's 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 such a nothing movie. It's like if a TV I, movie. If I knew someone who loved this movie, I would rate it worse. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like because I don't know this, I can't sense that the people really love this movie. It just, but if it was it, Mario Kart, if it was Mario, it'd be a good fucking movie. Um. I yeah. want a Field of Dreams TV show that explores the lore of this. I'd be into that. But <laughs> Just, like less baseball focused, more ghost instead of therapy stuff. Kevin Gosser would run into the like. corn and he'd be like in heaven. You'd see like the clouds and everything. <laughs> so you just want to kill Kevin Costner's character. <laughs> oh, I thought he would explore heaven, but that's good too, what you're saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I give it a C. You give it a C. We did it. Yeah. Uh, what's our sponsor? Our sponsor this week is Major League Baseball. Seventh inning stretch. Um, take me out to the stretch. Excuse me. Take me out to the ball game and you're Cracker not, Jack. Are you not talking? Are you not going to mention the hot dogs? And the hot dogs? Mm. Don't even get me started. Although you can get regional specific foods. You go to Maryland, you get crab cakes. You go to you go to uh, Milwaukee, you get yourself a brat. You go to Minnesota, you get nothing because they suck. And the best part is. You know, it's all for baseball, which is boring. So you can just chat with your friends the whole it's time. The, best. the whole if time. If there's like a, if there's a thing you have to pay attention to because like the game is doing something, there's so much lead up. People will just tell you. Yeah, people around you. So you just feel free to kick it up and just chat and just not pay attention. Yes, Samantha, did you want to say something? There is one major league field that actually has a pool. <laughs> Where? You can, you can get tickets for 35 tickets for every game. And it's like and you, you can, can see just... the game still from the pool? Yeah. Whoa. Is it is it Florida? It's not Florida. I don't remember which one, but <laughs> that so the way you were saying that fact made me think that you were gonna tell us. <laughs> you guys, there's a field. Don't ask me any questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like follow-up questions. It's Chase Field. It's Chase Field. Aren't they all called Chase Field and Credit One Field and right. Arizona Bank of America Field? Uh, yeah, ours was called Miller Park, but now it's called American Family Field or something. Do you guys want to know what the next movie is that we're gonna I do? I do. Tell us what it the is. The next movie is the movie called RRR, which <gasps> is not a Bollywood film. I learned it is an Indian film, but just because it's from India does not mean it's Bollywood. So that's an interesting fact for you. That's a great fact. And that's, I can't wait to learn more. Yeah. So stay tuned for that trailer and cut. Scott. 
స్క్వాడ్ ద్వారా వారు మా ఆదిలాబాద్ వచ్చినప్పుడు ఓ చిన్నపిల్లని తీసుకొచ్చారు మీరు తీసుకొచ్చింది గోండ్ల పిల్లనండి అయితే వాళ్ళకేమైనా రెండు కొమ్ములు ఉంటాయా ఒక కాపరుంటాడు పులిని పట్టుకోవాలంటే వేటగాడు కావాలి ఆ పని చేయగలిగేది ఒక్కడే సార్ కన్నా విలువైన నీ సోపతి నా సొంతం అన్న గర్వంతో మనలో కలిసిపోతేనే బ్రిటిష్ ప్రభుత్వానికి ఎదురు తిరిగిన నేరానికి నేను అరెస్ట్ చేస్తున్నాను తొక్కుకుంటూ పోవాలి ఎదురొచ్చినోడిని ఏసుకుంటూ పోవాలి చాలా ప్రమాదం ప్రాణాలు పోతాయిరా ఆనందంగా ఇచ్చేస్తాను బాబాయ్ వెతుక్కుంటూ ఆయుధాలు వాటంతటవే వస్తాయి ఈ నక్కల వేట ఎంతసేపు కుంభస్థలాన్ని బద్దల కొడతాం పదా yourself.